Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, May 1st edition of the Fightful MMA Podcast. Yours truly, Joe Ferraro, your host. You can follow me online anytime via social media at Showdown Joe. Give us a follow at Fightful MMA. Uh, we're going to wait a little bit to gather up all the people in the live chat so we can talk to Patrick Cote. You can follow him online via various mediums. Uh, if you want to catch him online, uh, I'm going to check here because I keep – Patrick, don't tell me. Don't even interrupt me. I'm going to find it on here. You know okay. that. You know that. I just tweeted you. At Twitter, it's Patrick <laughs> underscore Cote. Instagram, it is one second here. Pat Cote MMA, and I got a, I got some feedback here. And Facebook is Patrick Cote, but yeah, you're back from vacation, family vacation. What's up, my man? It's good, man. I feel rest. Uh, you know, even if that was my, with my my little girl, at seven seven months old, my my little girl, that was perfect, man. She's uh, I think she she gave a lot of lesson to other babies who were like losing their head in <laughs> in the plane and something like that. She was really nice, really quiet. No, perfect baby, perfect vacation was was awesome, man. How long was the flight for you guys? Uh, four hour and a half. So it was it was okay. We went to uh, Cancun, so that was the, that wasn't that bad. That's good. That's good. I've traveled with um, obviously a baby before and a child, so I know the uh, struggles. We once traveled to Italy, uh, eight hours. Uh, I don't think he was more than two years old at the time, if we were lucky. But oh yeah, he's less than two years old. So I know what it's like traveling with a kid, but it's so much fun. And I'll tell you right now, Patrick, it only gets better. It only gets better as they get older. It's fantastic, man. Yeah, and now you know I'm not scared to take the plane anymore. And I know everything went well and uh you know she loved the water, she she loved the beach and uh she was a star on the resort. So that's that's good. <laughs> always, always you bring a little one to the resort, you are the king and you just Parade her around. La, 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 she, stole, she stole my thunder, so that's okay. Well, that's okay. They deserve it. The kids get it better than us. Uh, lots has been going on in the world of MMA since you've been gone for a week. Um, I, I've been talking to everybody last week, and I want to get your thoughts uh, on Al Iaquinta, who's absolutely <laughs> gone ballistic uh, on social media, especially on Twitter, taking shots at everybody. He's the self-proclaimed new UFC president. He's cut Sage Northcutt, apparently. He's told Mike Perry and Kevin Lee to just stay away. They're, they're, not, worth, they're not worth his time. Uh, I think he took a shot at Reebok. 
or he was complimenting Reebok, yeah. saying they're not happy with the UFC. I mean, so much has been going on with Ally Quinto. Obviously not happy with his pay. He wants more money, but he did sign the contract. What, what do you make of this whole situation? That's the thing. He did, he did sign the contract. So that's kind of weird that after – I know the guy has to, has to work. You know, He has to put money in his pocket. So if he's staying out – uh, too long, you know. It's 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 kind of a tricky move, but uh, at the same time, man, this guy this guy is going on, on riot, man. This is this uh he's out of control, man. And you know, it's maybe with Conor McGregor now and all those guys who's, is going more vocal about the about the trash talk, about what they want, something like that. Uh, you know, they maybe he's taking some, you know. I don't know some uh, something from those guys. He's trying to build his name, but I don't think it's a it's a it's a right it's a right way to do it. You know, it's you know talking against uh, the end who's gonna feed you. It's kind of uh, it's kind of tricky. It's very dangerous. And now we know that even if I think he's on five winning streak or something like that, he was pissed that uh, he didn't get the the bonus too. And uh, he was—he's just pissed, man. This guy is angry since uh, since a couple a couple of months now, our, our year. And um, I don't know. Uh, he does 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 does. I don't think he's he's a you know he's a need he's move needle. You know what I mean? You know, I don't think I don't think he is a big very big draw that you know he deserved like a million dollar fight. But you know, I don't know his contract. But he's on a good winning streak, and he signed a contract too. So it's kind of um, he's talking against against himself a little bit, you know, because you know he put his name on the on the paper. So two things though regarding that, and this is what comes to mind when I think about that moving the needle. He's doing something now. All this crazy stuff on social media, which is it's garnering attention because the retweets yeah. and the likes uh, on his on his Twitter are are fantastic. I mean, they're pretty big, so people are talking about Ally Aquinta. It's almost like he's pulling off like the Diaz brothers. I don't even think they do it on purpose. Sometimes they just are who they are, and they're anti anything and everything UFC. They just and they hate fighting, but they fight and they move the needle and they make a lot of money. So there's Ally Aquinta now who's decided to just. You know, quote unquote, go against the man and just go after the employer and do whatever, mainly because number two, he's got this real estate business now that is beginning to take off. He's got his real estate license. So now he sees that, hey, you know what? I can make money elsewhere and I could probably make just as much money elsewhere outside of the UFC than I am making in the UFC. So why am I getting punched in the face all the time? Yeah, that's kind of the the reason why I quit. <laughs> you know, that's a, you know, I did prepare my exit, and now at the end, I was like, man, why why taking so much punishment now that I can live, you know, with maybe more money or you know, with you know, f- more free mind without getting punched in my face. Um, I think that's really really smart from him from him to prepare something else. Uh, if he want if he want he's gonna prepare his exit, and uh, if he continue to talk like that. I think maybe his exit's gonna be sooner than he expected. Uh, you know what? There's so many guys who want to take the place of of the guy in the, the UFC in the organization, and at the end of the day, you know this. This I don't I don't know very well the new owners, but uh, you know I know I know Dana White. I know that he's very very proud, and he's he's not gonna take that kind of you know punishment. You know, talking like that for a long time you know this is uh 
and it's not just normal trash talk. It's going hard, man. It's going very hard, and it's kind of like you said. It's kind of fun. You no, know, everybody is 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 watching what's gonna is what's gonna be its next move. What's gonna say next? And uh, that's that's a fun story now. Uh, Danny California is on the live chat, guys, girls. If you're tuned in right now, if uh, you want to come on the live chat, top right of your screen, please by all means uh, put up your comments, questions, suggestions for Patrick and I. We'll get to them uh, as best we can. Danny California obviously obviously says, "Congrats on a great career, Patrick. Uh, you're still getting lots of love. Uh, yeah. What's life been like uh, since you, you know, quote unquote, hung up the gloves uh, since you left the UFC? I know you went on vacation, so yeah. it's been a little bit different. But what's life been like now from a fan perspective? You getting a lot of love from the fans?" Yeah, and, uh, you know, very surprising that I was in Mexico, in Cancun, and every day, you know, every day I got, like, three or four guys coming to, to, to me and, you know, talking about that, talking just to show you that how the, the sport is big now. That's crazy. That was unexpected, you know. Uh, here in Canada, in Quebec, you know, I'm expecting that to receive a lot of comments, but I was I was in Cancun, man, in a, in a resort that wasn't not a lot of uh, – of of Quebecer of Canadian, that was more like people around the world, and uh, was every day, man. I'm I'm telling you, every day I had some guys coming to uh, to me and talking about that. So you know, now you can see that the sport is growing. It's it's unbelievable. But uh, you know what? I I still I still feel that I made the best decision. You know, it's I've, I've, I'm still I'm still good with that. And uh, now I'm back from vacation. After three three weeks, I took my retirement. I'm gonna get back in the gym, something like that. You know, I think it's gonna hit me more um, now because I always take like two or three weeks after a fight just to you know taking care of my body, taking care of my family. And after that, okay, you jump in back, and uh, you know you prepare to uh, for your next battle. You think about your next opponent or something like that. Uh, but now. I'm still, you know, I'm very, very busy. You know, I have a lot of stuff going on, and that's thing. That's the thing is gonna not save me, but it's gonna help me to to pass to another thing. But you know, it's I have no regrets about my decision. Still today, it's one percent what I wanted to do. You know, taking care of my family, staying healthy, and uh, being being able to to play with my little girl when she's gonna be like ten years old, something like that. You know, I have all my head, and uh, I was smart enough to prepare my exit so it's, it's all good man yeah i tell people all the time once you have kids life changes and you realize okay hold on it's not about me anymore now it's about them it's still about me i gotta bring i gotta put food on the table i gotta make money but now it's about them and leaving a legacy for them uh tjd fins for life on the live chat i see everything you mentioned there uh you're crazy driving four thousand kilometers from hartford to calgary you you're you're happy with Iaquinta calling him a beast and who should he, who should he get next well obviously mike perry and and kevin lee are, are seem to be in the crosshairs but again that's up to the ufc and really it's up to ally Iaquinta I mean, if he's ever going to fight again i mean personally for me uh, I'd like to see that Mike Perry fight uh, or Kevin Lee. I mean, you know, I shouldn't I shouldn't say either or because they're all fantastic fights. And Ally Quinta taking on one of those two guys. The problem is Al specifically said, you know, there was even a talk of Gilbert Melendez, and Al basically said, I got to fight guys that are tougher than Diego Sanchez, who I just beat, but I ain't getting paid anymore. You know, twenty six yeah. and twenty six is what he said. So now you got Patrick Cote on this podcast. He had Anthony Rumble Johnson, who said, I'm done. I don't want to get punched in the face anymore. So. Now, you have three guys, Patrick, you got Anthony, and you got Al, that are basically saying, ah, you know what, maybe there's other options outside of the UFC where I don't have to get punched. Ronda Rousey, 
another example in movies getting paid lots of money. So it's interesting, this sort of new chapter or new sort of segment that's happening in MMA, Patrick. Yeah, and it's from, uh, you know, everything start, started from uh, when they bought the UFC. When, you know, everybody know now how much they pay for the UFC. So everybody know that they have a shitload of money. So everybody know what they're, what they're share, what they're part. You know, we are, I mean, I'm, I'm still counting on that, but, you know, we are the, 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 uh, the main thing why this organization is going well. It's the fighters. You know, and that's the problem with uh, with with that. We don't have any union who's protecting us, or the union who's gonna pre- not protecting us only for our, our health, but for you know the money, for the pensions, something like that. That's a hard sport, man. And uh, me, you know, after 16 years of that, you know, I can I can feel that you know I'm kind of lucky that I'm not I'm not that you know, busted up. You know, I see I have a, I had like 11 surgeries and something like that. I'm you know, but I'm still, I'm still okay. You know, I can walk. It's a, but there's a lot of guys that they're like 35, 36 years old. They look like 50. It's, it's a really, really hard sport. The, the, the cutting weight, it's hard. The diet, it's hard. The, the, the fight, it's hard. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you were talking about Alaya Quinta. He made 26 and 26. That's, that's very cheap. You know, that's very, very low. But at the same time, he signed the paper, so you know <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of weird. Uh, I'm surprised that uh, he made only uh, only that. And uh, you are talking about his next fight. It's got you know Mike Perry is a 170 guy, so I can't see that happen. Uh, so yeah, probably with uh, Kevin Lee. Okay, and Kevin Lee, yeah, he has a, a big mouth too, so they're gonna be able to uh, to trash talk to each other for sure. Yeah, I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Speaking of trash talk, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick Cote, despite his retirement, his trash talk uh, has continued. Because if I was to mention the texts that he sent to me before this show, his, <laughs> his trash talk is on another level. It's not It's not on Pearson's level just yet, because Pearson will just rip me apart no matter what. But Patrick's uh, trash talk game is, is great. It's fantastic. Uh, I give him kudos. I know I'm the victim, but it is what it is. That's, that's what Patrick and I do. Um, your career now. Your, I guess you, I should say your life, because you still technically do work for the UFC. You've got to do your play-by-play stuff uh, on the uh, on the French-speaking broadcasts. Uh, but in terms of your day-to-day, what does your future look like? Like, I mean, I, the goal in my life, as an example, I tell people all the time: if you want to go work a nine-to-five job, no problem. Do your nine-to-five job. I'm not that guy. I cannot work nine to five. It's not like I can't have a boss. I just work. I like working alone. I like building companies. I like doing what I have to do. So I have income coming from various sources. That's the kind of life that I like to enjoy. Uh, would it be nice to get paid 50, 60, 70, 80, hundred thousand dollars a year and know that every two weeks or every month I'm getting X amount of money? Absolutely. But I love the challenge of doing what yeah. I have to do and bringing in money from different perspectives uh, and, and working deals. What is your life going to look like now? You know what? I never had a normal job. You know what I mean? You know, I was uh, my first job. I was uh, I was uh, doing some DJ in the, in the club, so that wasn't like a regular hours. After that, I joined the army. Uh, you know, I, I serve in you know outside the country. I serve in Bosnia. I serve in Timor. So, uh, and after that, that was my my MMA career. So, uh, like you said. Doing nine to five for me, it's 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 nonsense. You know, I will never be able to do that. And I prepare, 
you know, I prepare my aftercare to not doing that too. You know, I'm, I'm working a lot with a big organization, uh, talking about the Canadian army with, uh, the Olympic, uh, organ, committee, Olympic Canadian organization too. Um, doing a lot of real estate too. Real estate, it's, it's safe and it's fun. It's going, it's always growing up. <clears throat> and I have a big project was going to, to open in, um, in a couple of months too. And, uh, you know, I can talk about it uh, right now, but uh, soon we're going to be able to talk about it. And uh, I have a, a lot of TV projects, uh, not only uh, for, uh, you know, with the UFC, but outside of that, doing some documentary, doing some, some, some show too. So, you know, I'm very, very busy. And I, the, the one thing I wanted when I, when I left the UFC, it's I didn't want it to change my lifestyle. You know, because this is this is something that I I did work for so many years, like more than ten years. I did work to have a nice lifestyle and not being worried. And just you know, I was waking up every morning and happy about my job. So I was I, I felt kind of lucky that you know, there's not a lot of people who can say that they're going to the job and say, oh, I'm very today. I'm very happy again. And ten years after, wake up. Yes, I'm going to work again at the same place. But you know what? It's it's not uh, it's not forever. But I did prepare that, and today, I still I still wake up and I'm happy about what I'm doing. Is coaching potentially going to be an option for you, or considering that you know you're going to go back to the gym, you're, you're going to get your training? I mean, you and I joked about uh, the importance of not getting fat after your career. <laughs> we joke all the time. Uh, you know, here I am, 43 years old. You you texted me this morning. I was in the middle of my workout because I know. I have to work out. I have to remain in shape. I have to do whatever I can because there's always somebody younger, more fit, probably better looking than me that's going to take my job. So I've got to do whatever I can to remain uh, as physically fit as possible. Now, uh, Pearson's definition of me being physically fit uh, and probably yours are completely different. I'm going to lift weights. <laughs> I'm going to do my cardio. According to Pearson, uh, I'm not training enough. I'm not, uh, I'm not playing sports enough, whether it's hockey, soccer. So it's a little different. I do whatever I can uh, to remain physically fit, uh, including my nutrition, as I have right here, ladies and gentlemen. I've got my spinach shake on the left, spinach, banana, berries, and stuff like that. So I do what, that's my breakfast. Uh, I'm not going to sit there and have a bowl of cereal or eggs every day. So uh, I, I'm just wondering about you and coaching and, and you know, you're going to remain physically fit, but once you're in the gym, there's always that itch A to fight or B do you kind of give it to the next generation? Uh, no, like, like, like I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with what I did. You know, it's, I'm, I'm ready to just to, to pass the torch to somebody else. Uh, I receive a, you know, I, sh- I receive a shitload of, of demand of, of if I'm going to uh, coach, if I can go to give a seminar or something like that. I still don't know about it. You know, seminar, I always uh, I give seminar. I'm giving a lot of conference in school about resilience, about, about all those things. That's something that I really, really like. You know, just share my story and just maybe motivate, you know, young guys to, uh, to not, not let that go. You know, it's not because you fail once that, you know, you, you lost the war. You know what I mean? This is, this is my message. And uh, for me, you know, coaching, I don't know. If I coach, uh, it's got, in my head right now, it's not my priority. Um, but I will stay involved in the, in the sport for sure. I will stay in shape. Uh, I have a boat, man. So in the, in the summer, I have to be fit. You know, <laughs> I have no choice. Uh, no, but it's for myself too. And I think, you know, staying fit and staying healthy, it's, it's not more, it's not just about physique. It's, it's mental too. You feel, you felt so many, so, so, so much better when, when you train and when you, anyway, I did that for the last, 
17 years of my life. I can't, I can't stop just, you know, walking out. It's it, not, not going to happen. And, um, you know, I was on vacation and after four or five, after four or five days, I was like, seriously, I, I, I'm, I, uh, it's a, I'm okay now. I'm okay to do to get back home. Yes. Back in the gym and all this thing. It's okay. You know, doing like seven days, only a beach on seven days. It's for me, it's, I'm not used to not doing nothing. And, uh, I was kind of, uh, I was kind of, man, okay. You know, uh, it's awesome here, but I want to get back home and, you know, working on my businesses, uh, working on my, on my, on my shape, working on, on, in the gym and all those things. So today is the first day I'm back and, uh, my schedule is, uh, crazy busy now today. Yeah. It, well, you can hear it in your voice. You can see it in your face, the passion that people don't often have. Um, you know, I, I, I want to be very careful when I say this, uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having a great nine to five job. My wife, is 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 wired to work nine to five she's a firm believer you know you go to school you get great education you go to university or college you get your degree you then go and you work uh, uh, you know in the workforce there's nothing wrong with nine to five you should be proud of that and i'm very proud of her she, that's what she does um but i have a six-year-old who comes to me every day and he says i want to be like daddy I don't want to go to school. I said, well, no, I went to school. I got as, as educated as I can. I pointed my certificate that I graduated. I said, but then I chose not, I, I, I didn't want to do nine to five. I wanted to have my own businesses and live my own life. So he keeps telling her, I want to, I want to leave school. I want to quit. So you're grade one. You can't quit school. I want, he goes, I want to quit school and I want to go and work and I want to make money. Money's more important. I'm like, well, it's not just the money. You got to have passion. You got to love what you do. And if you find the passion and you love what you do, even if it's MMA, that's what Pearson said last Thursday. Even Elias Theodoro, Frank Trigg said the same thing on the podcast. Sometimes this is all the guys and girls have. Fighting is all they have, and they're they're going to do whatever they can to make as much money as they can. But to money in the fight business is not an easy thing. Hey, so, so that's a, yeah, that's the first thing I said to to people who want to start MMA. You have to start that. Uh, because of the passion of the sport, not because you want to be rich or, or famous. It's not going to happen. Uh, you know what? It's, it's kind of uh, it's a hard business. And you just say it. Ale Quinta is in the best organization in the world. He's, in, he's, he's probably in the top 15 now in the world. He's on five winning streets. And he's doing 26 and 26. That's kind of, uh, it's kind of crazy. So can you imagine if I got, you know, just Bellator. Those guys at Bellator in a prelim, they make like $750. That's insane. That's crazy. If you can't train full-time with that, you can't just, you know, living with with that kind of money. It's 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 kind of crazy. And uh, you know, they're supposed to be like the two best organizations in the world. And you know, I don't think the the, the money it's it's uh it's right, but yeah, you're right. When you start MMA, you want to you want to start a MMA career. It's um, uh, you know what? It's uh it's more about the passion than that the money you got to make. Yeah, so if someone does come up to you, um, you know, and says, "Hey, you know what? I want to get into MMA. I want to become professional mixed martial arts. I want to fight in the UFC one day." Money is obviously number 1. Passion or sorry, money's what's going to, you know, either motivate you to continue or, or realize that, you know what, it's a lot more than money, it's passion. But there's a lot more that goes into becoming a professional mixed martial artist. It's the sacrifice. It's the understanding that you better have a pain tolerance through the roof. You got mm-hmm. to be mentally strong. There isn't a fighter I've never spoken to, Patrick, uh, that hasn't told me, you know what, it's, 
this, man. It's all up here. It's all up here because you can have the best technique in the world. You can have the best execution of the technique, whether it's stand up or on the ground. But if you're not strong up here during those days after training or sorry, during training, when you're getting your ass handed to you after training, when you're sore, when you have to wake up in the morning and realize you got to do it again and again and again, you got to be willing to do so much. I, I have the best example for you. I fought for the title, the Anderson Silva, 2008. You know, bust my knee up. Was out for a year and a half. Came back, lost two fights in a row. And after that, they kicked me out. Like two years before, I was fighting for the title. I lost against Alan Belcher. I lost against Tom Lawler. And now, at 30 years old, I was like, okay, do you want... Am I, I want to make a comeback at 30 years old, coming back in the gym, making sacrifice. I be pain every day. And I was like, man, that's, that's fucked up. You know, I was so close to get <laughs> to have the belt. And to, uh, two years and a half after, I'm not in the, in the UFC anymore. And, uh, you know, it took a lot, a lot of uh, mentally, <laughs> mentally toughness to get back. And uh, I was fighting back on the smaller show, you know, in front of like 500 people. I was, that, that, that's the game. And I was able to climb back up the, the, the ladder and being uh, coming back in the UFC uh, against Kong Lee. And after that, you know, the, the, the rest of his, it's history. But, you know, it's, it, it's hard because you always have your, your future in, in your hand. You know, that's the thing too. That's, we don't have any protection. We don't have any welfare. We don't have any, you know, something who's going to, you know, insurance. It's very hard to, to get insurance when, when you, are, you are a professional fighter too. And uh, that's the thing. Bottom line, it's all about the passion. You, you don't have choice. Just This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply to getting lead by your real passion that it's the sport and uh, you know you want to train and passing over all the sacrifice like you said because if you're doing that to get millionaire bro you have to be like one of a kind you have to be like very very special to be to to be millionaire in that sport a while ago, I, I bring this up a lot on the podcast. Uh, I think it was last November. Um, at the Gentlemen's Expo in Toronto, uh, I was asked to host a, a Q&A with George St. Pierre. Uh, and he was pretty adamant. He was he was pretty passionate uh, in terms of what what his thoughts were because he hadn't you know th- that the deal with Bisping hadn't been signed. He hadn't deal he hadn't signed yet uh, to come back to the UFC. He was sort of like you know what the hell's going on here with the UFC? I just want to fight. I want to fight Bisping. But he said I'm not coming back for eight percent. He's like, I'm not coming back for 8% when the guys in the NBA, the NFL, the NHL, uh, and stuff like that are getting 
Mm-hmm. So they start talking about that. And obviously, George did sign the the fight with Bisping is probably going to happen. Um, you know, whether it's in July or whether it's going to happen in September, uh, whenever George decides to do it, or whenever it's actually it actually gets done. But the one thing that he was talking about was, you know, this is why he goes, I, I want to be part of an association to give back to the fighters in the future because I'm in a financial position to do so. Um, and, and, you know, not that him and I began to argue on stage or debate on stage, but I was like, I don't know if this is going to happen. It's, it's not like it's a team sport where there is a union or an association that can rep the fighters in all negotiations and say, no, yes. Yes, like a collective bargaining sort of situation. What do you make yes. of all this? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Where is this union now? You know, we, we had like a big, you know, cloudy, you know, smoking cloud, you know, when, when they, they went on, on the press conference with big names. You know, when George was there, uh, that was Tim Kennedy, and that was like three other fighters, I don't remember, Ken Velasquez, and all those You know, that was like, oh, okay, it's going to happen. All those guys are, are have a big name, something like that. George signed, there's nothing else. There's not, nothing more about, about this union. We don't know what's going to happen. And uh, we had one press conference. You know, they were supposed to travel to, to meet all the fighters and just to giving information about what's good. They're, they're going to be their, their plan, their future plan, you know, the strategy about, about coming with, uh, with that, that union. And, you know, nothing happened and nothing's going to happen too. You know, that's, that was like three others organization like that or union. They try it before with big names too. They just didn't do like a big press conference like that. But, you know, there's already some organization or sorry, or sorry, union. They try to do it that, and you know the thing that he was right. You know he was he had a, a, a he was on the right position to start that. It's it's true. You know he, we uh, you need like big names, and they're gonna be able to have a, a big influence about uh, about this that union. But at the end of the day, you know money talk. So he signed a contract. They gave him exactly what he wanted, probably, and now nothing happened. Tim Kennedy uh, retired and. You know, he's not talking anymore. Ken Velasquez probably never come back. You know, and now, you know, you don't want, they don't want to fight to get that done because those guys are retired or they're already millionaire. So that's, you know, that's kind of, of, of crazy. You know, union's going to protect small fighters, not, not like superstar. And that's, that's the thing too. That's the problem that, you know, if superstar is gonna is gonna be a little bit too much uh, involved in that, they're just gonna give them uh, what they want. That's I think that's what what happened with George, and I know he's very focused about you know his next fight if the fight's gonna happen one day, but at the end of the day, before that, you know, since the press conference, nothing happened. Yeah. Does it seem from a fighter's perspective? Do you think it's you know you get this little bit of hope? But in reality, you're hopeless. It's just, it's never going to happen. It's just like, unless, for example, I think the one thing I could think about, uh, what Conor McGregor's doing may change the game a little bit. But at the same time, uh, in, in the U.S., they've got the Muhammad Ali Act, which is basically designed to protect boxers, uh, you know, from shady promoters, from promoters uh, taking have, having too much control uh, over the fighters. Unless that law changes to include mixed martial arts, 
I, I can't see anything happening for the fighters just yet because, you know, I've always been a big proponent of the fighters should make as much money as possible because mm-hmm. of the suffering and, the, and you know, the sacrifices that they make uh, to make the UFC big and stuff like that. So yeah. you think from a fighter's perspective, there, you, you get this hope and you follow it only to realize it's, it's just a hopeless experience. It's a, it's a hopeless because, uh, you know, there's so many promoters in boxing that it's easy to, to put some, some, some shit between them, you know, just to get a leverage that I'm going to go with them. It's going to give me more money and it's not going to affect your career. It's, gonna affect, it's not going to affect your, your reputation. But in mixed martial arts, it's different. You know, the UFC has the monopoly and uh, it's, it's hard to go against one company who's control everything. And you know what? If really... I really think so. But if really Bellator was, you know, a big thing that the, the UFC would be worried about it, they they probably made a move about, you know, trying to buy them or trying to, you know, something like that. Exactly what they did with Pride. Exactly what they did with Strikeforce. Every time the UFC got a problem with an organization, they made a move. They made a move about buying them or just destroying them. And that's that's the big part about the, this organization. It's they're very very strong, and Bellator is there just to prove that the UFC is better. They keep Bellator alive, I think so, because they want they they need some they need an organization to compare to themselves, just to prove that they're better than everybody else. And they are, you know, the TV production, what they put on TV, the fight, the 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 fight week, all those things. The, the the logistic, you know, it, it's awesome. And a lot of a lot of people ask me that, what is it to be on a fight week? Do you is the the UFC taking care of you very well? It's, bro, we're like rock star all the time. You know, in the UFC fight weeks, you need something, you call, you got it. You know, I've I've nothing to say uh, bad against against the, the the organization about the UFC about how they were treating us during the fight week. You know, it's 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 great about contract, about money. It's a different level. You know, you have a you have a you have a manager who's working for you, and now it's it's more like a negotiation thing. But uh, that's that's what I think. And we we're talking about the union. If it's hopeless, I, I think so too. I, I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, you know, I've it's. I think it's gonna be a good thing if it happened. But you you need a big name. To put their feet, their foot on the ground, and just say, "Okay, that's enough. Now we're gonna do it." And you know what? I, you know what happened with uh, with all the last press conference with all those guys? It's just they just disappear about it. Absolutely, guys. Don't forget live chat. If you have anything to say, question, uh, comments, or suggestions for Patrick and I, please by all means uh, throw it up there in the top right hand side of your screen, uh, and we'll try and get to them uh, as soon as we can. Uh, I want to ask you, Patrick, about um, your relationship. Uh, with Dana White and the likes of Dana White when you first met him and, and how things went on because the only question that I asked at the post-fight press conference in Buffalo was about you. I just wanted his thoughts um, on you. Um, I could have asked any other question, but I was like, you know, I lost I lost Patrick tonight and I lost Anthony tonight. <laughs> Two people I know fairly well. Uh, and the question about Anthony was already asked and, you know, people looking at me as the token Canadian guy or one of the Canadians that was there. I'm going to ask about Patrick Cote. So he had good things to say about you, but overall, in general, um, walk us through your relationship uh, with Dana White throughout the years. Uh, obviously, you know you were selected as a coach on the Ultimate Fighter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they brought you in as a main event when you started your career uh, with Tito Ortiz. Walk us through your your you know your recollection of, of you know Dana White from meeting him on day one to to today. Uh, 
you know what? That's the thing, you know, because, you know, I saved, you know, USC 50 kind of uh, because, you know, that wasn't that wasn't me, but that was for Tito Ortiz to be on the main event. And that was people was buying tickets to fight to to see uh, Tito. Uh, but I always had a great relationship with, with the, the organization, with the. With uh, with with Dan and White, with Joe Silva, with the Ferdinand's brother, there's I've always had a great relationship with them. Like you said, they put me on coach. On they they bring him back on top four after three losses in a row, and uh, and I went through the final. They put me uh, coach on tough, but you know, I did realize that after my fight against Tom Lawler, you know, like I said, I was fighting for the title, you know, two two fight before. And uh, they they kicked me out. They fired me. I was like, all right, man. Those guys are my boss before they're my friends. You know, this they are businessmen, and it's I understand that they have a business to roll, and uh, it, it is what it is. But you know what? I don't know him very very well. I know it's you know I know him, and we were talking to each other when we we saw each other. But uh, for me. Personally, I have nothing bad to say about about Dana White. You know, he never did bad thing to me. Uh, we never got in, into a fight. Uh, same thing with Joe Silva. And uh, every time I was calling Joe or text Joe, he was always giving me an answer very very fast. And uh, same thing with Dana White. You know, I was I I text him after after a Buffalo fight. I said thanks for everything. And uh, you know what? If you know, by any chance, you know, I, you know, I have this company inside me, you know, it's going to be up forever. I've fought for 13 years in that, in that, uh, that uh, company. So for sure, like I got like, it's tattooed in my heart, you know, for forever. It's crazy. And I say, you know, if you need uh, somebody in Canada to be uh, like an ambassador or so or working for, for the, the, the company in Canada, just to help to grow in sport more than it is right now. Uh, I'm there, you know, you got my, you got my, uh, my my phone and he said eh, yeah i'm really really want to 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 keep you around so we'll talk uh, later so you know what i i'm not waiting on that but if it happens i'll be i'll be happy but that's kind of to show you that what kind of relationship i have with him yeah well if if the ufc ever wants to get back to where they were in canada my phone's right here yeah exactly so- we're, we're gonna work together it's it's it's. I say it all the time, Patrick. It's not up to me. Not up to you. It's up to them. It's up to them yeah. to wake up and realize what they did, uh, to accept that what they did was an error, and, and they can go back and and refix it. We won't know until next year, probably next. Oh my! It probably won't be until next December. Not this December, twenty seventeen. Probably this uh, twenty eighteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Yeah, two thousand and eighteen, uh, December. So. Yeah, so there's a long time still. But if they ever want to go back to where they were before in Canada, it could be done. Just, uh, yeah, my number. Dana, <laughs> everything's here. Uh, I know there's been right some there. changes now with the ownership, but it's all good. Uh, Danny California on the live chat has just put up a question that I don't think is fair uh, for me to answer, for you to answer, but we have no choice because it's a fantastic question. He's asking, good. DC versus Jones 2, Jesus versus Bisping, TJ versus Cody Garbrandt. Which are you guys most excited for? Not fair. That's not fair for a variety of reasons. Number one, 
TJ versus Cody is the fight that I've been looking forward to the most other oh, than sure. Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov. We're not going to get that. If we get it, it won't happen until September because, mm. if I'm not mistaken, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov is going through Ramadan or is going to going through, go through Ramadan. He won't be able to train properly. GSP versus Bisping. Obviously, I'm Canadian. GSP is my friend. Uh, I've known Bisping for a while. I want to see if George St. Pierre can compete at 185 pounds. I'm very intrigued. And of course, DC versus John Jones is an absolute or two is an absolute disaster waiting to happen. And I can't wait for it to happen. So I don't know, Patrick. You tell me. Yeah, but you say exactly the right thing. Bisping and George, you're intrigued about it. You're not excited. You're intrigued about it. Galbraith and Dillashaw, everybody's excited about it. Me, it's it's Galbraith Dillashaw, 100% sure. Because all the animosity about it, because of Team Alpha Male's story, because of... That's like you have like a crazy knuckle puncher with a lot of a lot of power, but he showed that it was more than that against Dominic Cruz. He just destroyed one of the best in the world. That's something that TJ wasn't able to do it. And uh, but at the same time, TJ is, is so good. I think he has if he has the right mind and he's not letting uh you know his feeling uh, you know just letting him. To, to the fight, uh, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a fantastic war. Um, and for me, it's it's Gabriel Delisha, one hundred percent sure. Uh, John DC, uh, I don't know because I don't know if the fight's gonna happen. You know, it's 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 because of the story, uh, because of the history. You know, the those two guys got pulled out of the fight so many times, and all those things. So, and uh, is is John Jones gonna come back one hundred percent when he came he came back against Vincent Pru? That was like, oh, really? That's that's the John Jones we have now. So it's that was kind of you know. But in my mind, John Jones is still one of the best in the world, pound for pound. But if he's coming back with the right mind, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Uh, everybody know what happened in the first fight. Everybody know they don't like each other. But it's kind of uh, you know we we've put that story on the warm you know circle on the on the oven. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's there. But you don't know if you're gonna go with that or or you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna put you're gonna take something else in the fridge. You know, it's like okay, maybe. But, but uh, definitely, I'm going with uh, with Dillashaw and uh, Gobert. What about Habib Nurmagomedov and Tony Ferguson? If that fight happens, does that supersede Dillashaw and Garbrandt or no? Uh, man, I, I'll say no. I'll say no because of the animosity, and I I said I don't no no no. For me, Galbraith and Galbraith and Dillashaw, it's right now is a fight that's exciting the most of me, for sure. Uh, and enough, once again, we that's the problem. We don't know if it's the fight's going to happen to. You know, there's a big, big problem in American Kickboxing Academy t- training over there. That's, I don't know if it, – it's hard to say that they don't train well because, you know, they got like three champions, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the past. Uh, but at the same time, there's so many fighters over there. They they got pulled out of the fight, and uh, Nabib is is one of is one of them. And uh, you know that's that's hard. That that's bad. And uh, I was everybody was pissed about the, the last fight about that he missed weight and all those things. And I don't understand. Again, I say it many times, but I don't understand those guys ma- missing weight at that level, not working with professional, not knowing what to do to make weight, you know, in a safer way, in a proper way. 
So that's why I lost a little bit interest because of what happened in the last in the last uh, last story of Ferguson and Nurmagomedov. Yeah, that was a conversation um, and a topic that we were discussing last week as, as there's going to be changes made. Uh, I don't know if it's going to come from the Association of Boxing Commissions. Um, I know I know California, the state of California, uh, and Andy Foster is championing the fact that, you know, there's going to be, um, you know, uh, I think it's called the waterline base test where everyone uh, will have that will be checked out. Uh, I know with USADA, apparently now, when they come out and test fighters, they're also going to weigh them. So in essence, your walking around weight will be will be checked versus what you are going to be fighting at. Um, you know, Big John McCarthy recently stated that you know weight cutting is worse than performance enhancing drugs. Uh, Long term effects. You disagree? I disagree. I think lack of knowledge it's worse than PED. It's lack of knowledge. It's uh, you know I always arrive on the fight week twenty twenty four twenty six pound over. My the, the the my weight class, I've never I never have any problem to make weight. It's not fun. It's hard sometimes, but I always made weight and I felt I felt awesome the day after. Always bring my nutritionist with me. Always bring my kinesiotherapist, my muscle therapist. I always bring my entire team. At that level, you you don't have choice. You can cor- cut the corner, and I don't think. I think cutting weight, it's a personal issue. It's not, you can't put everybody in the same bat. You know what I mean? It's, you, have to, you have to understand that it's really, really hard for the body and for the, 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 the mental to cut weight. It's very, very hard. But you have to know how to do it. And I think the most dangerous thing in cutting weight, it's not the action it's it's not good, but it's not the action. It's more about the lack of knowledge about that. If you could give advice to people, I know you don't want to give away any sort of proprietary information from your nutritionist or just in general, uh, but what do you think the biggest mistake is when it comes to lack of knowledge for some of these fighters? Because, I mean, you can go back to the old school of how guys used to do it in the 2000s versus, you know, nowadays in, in 2017 where it's it's the science. It can be yeah. done. Um, you know, you talk about being, you know, did you say 26 pounds over? Yeah, between 20, 24 and 26 pounds. Yeah, 24 to 26 pounds over, yet, you know, when I saw you in Buffalo, uh, yeah, I was pissed off because you, you outdressed me with that damn suit that you were wearing. <laughs> it was bullshit, uh, but it is what it is. Uh, you looked fantastic, but I could see the cheekbones. You were getting close to where you needed to be. I could tell right off the bat. Now, I, did, I, I said the same thing about Daniel Cormier, who looked far thinner than what I had ever seen him before, but, you know, he did a little towel gate, and yeah. it is what it is. But, um, it is. What advice, I mean, it could be complicated, but what advice do you think is the most important thing for fighters in general to understand, A, you got to make weight, but B, don't do this or do this. Just don't underestimate the the preparation. You know, there's there's one thing cutting weight. You know, there's one thing losing water, but you have to prepare your body. You have to know how to prepare your body a week or two weeks before. There's, There's some step you have to follow. And there's some step that uh, you have to you have to do it in the right way because it's a shock it, to your body. It's it's a shock. That's that's hell. That's for your body. It's it's very 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 hard and uh, it's demanding. But there's a lot of guys they think that okay, I'm I'm like two pound lighter than I was 
uh, in my last fight. Oh, it's going to be a piece of cake. It's never a piece of cake. You never know how your body is going to react. So you have to do it like step by step. And you say it, it's a science now. Your body is like 70% of water. So if your, your mind follow your body, you're going to make weight. But losing 10 pounds, it's physical. You know, this, everybody's able to do that. It's not that bad. Losing the next 12 pounds, it's all mental. If you're able to take the pain, if you're able to take like the, 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 the uh, you're not comfortable, you know, if you are able to take like the, the, the all the thing that you're, you're not feeling well, you know, the headache, the cramp, it's happened. That's, that's a real thing. That's a real struggle, but it's, you know, the, the 12 or 15 pound after the first 10 pound, it's all mental. That's not physics because like I said, 70 pound of 70% of water, it's in your body. So it's going to happen if you want it. And a lot of a lot of guys or girls, they don't make weight because they just break mentally. It's not about the physique. It's about it's about the men, it's about the it's about the, the mental toughness and it's about lack of preparation too before. I was just going to say lack of preparation. Absolutely. All right, Patrick, we're going to wrap this up right now. Uh, obviously, we're thankful that you join us now on Mondays, every Monday. What is the next week going to look like for you? Uh, I am just came back from a week of vacation, so I have a lot of meeting. I, love, I have a lot of things to take care about uh, about the business. And, uh, yeah, just uh, playing with my dog because he's kind of mad of me because I left, uh, <laughs> I left in the pension for, for a week. So he's, he's going to get better today. But he's, uh, he always gave me this attitude. Every time I put him in the pension for a couple of days, I'm going back and uh, take him in. He's giving, uh, he's giving me attitude. So got to play with, uh, with my dog, taking care of my business. And, uh, yeah, and uh, a lot of good things, it's, uh, it's happening. And uh, we're going to have more news in uh, a couple of weeks. There you go. Guys, ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to follow Patrick Cote online via social media on his Twitter, Patrick underscore Cote, Instagram, Pat Cote MMA, and Facebook, Patrick Cote. Make sure you follow us here uh, at Fightful MMA, Fightful Mix or FightfulMMA.com for all of your mixed martial arts news. I'm your host, Joe Farrow. You can follow me online anytime uh, via Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Same handle for all of them, at Showdown Joe. Tomorrow, 3 p.m., Elias Theodoro, 3 p.m. Eastern, that is. Elias Theodoro, and according to him, it's Elias Standard Time. Uh, What's going to happen? Yeah, right? Like, I mean. We don't know. Like, the guy, I don't know if he's going to wear a shirt, if he's going to wear a robe, if he thinks he's Hugh Hefner, if he thinks he's going to be in a hot tub and it's going to work. Like, a couple weeks ago, he decided to be on the streets using regular data, which was a disaster, but I understand. But, uh, yeah, Elias Theodoro tomorrow. 3 p.m., lots to talk about. Remember, he is fighting Brad Tavares uh, in July. We're not sure which card exactly, but, uh, yeah, he's got some training to do. He's in Montreal, to my understanding, as we speak, uh, and hopefully he's getting some training in because I know that he is ready. He knows this is a huge fight for him. We will catch up with Elias Theodore tomorrow. Until then, we thank every one of you in the live chat. As I always say, please, tell one person. I know Sean Rossab says tell 10 people. I'm like, just tell one person, man. Tell one person about Fightful MMA, and we will continue to grow because we have great guests every single day. Patrick Cote on Mondays, Elias Theodoro on Tuesdays, uh, Wednesdays is Sean Pearson, Thursdays is Frank Trigg, and of course, Sean Ross App and I on Friday get you set uh, for the weekend if there's ever or whenever there's a big UFC event. But until then, we do say thank you very much to all of you in the live chat, everybody uh, that's, that downloads us on iTunes and on Stitcher. We thank you. But until tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern, we say ciao for now. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. 
So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.